Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there is Nikki Kinzer. I, I saved myself from having a bunch of coffee spilled on me. Do you know, I feel like I heard something, some sort of a crash, and I, I was worried that maybe the computer had fallen off the desk. No, 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 but the coffee almost fell all over the keyboard. <laughs> but it didn't. That, you know, I'm so glad that that kind of thing paralyzes me. I know, it totally paralyzes me. I am in great fear. I might have, if it had, I probably would have said a curse word, and then all of a sudden we would not be family <laughs> friendly anymore. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but I'm doing you, good. <laughs> you are. Are you? You're feeling okay. You're feeling in control. Um, a little. That's good. <laughs> You're okay. We're going to talk about things in a minute. This we've got a, a number of questions and bits of follow up that have crept in. Uh, this was originally an episode. Uh, frankly, we were originally going to be talking about tackling the inbox today. We have postponed that because we had a number of questions and uh, uh, and frankly, a lot of questions about um, you. You know, writing, <laughs> writing. Yeah, the, the the novel writing thing. And as we record this today, it is December first. National Novel Writing Month is over. It ended last night, and so we're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, uh, writing a novel in a month and doing it with ADHD and uh, the tools and tricks and tips that that at least I've culled and made use of this year. We got some other questions from folks that, that we're going to take on uh, before we get into that. Make sure you head over to TakeControlADHD.com and get to know us a little bit better. You know the drill. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list. I recommend you subscribe to the mailing list right there on the homepage, and you'll get an email with the latest episode each week in Nikki's fantastic newsletter. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook at TakeControlADHD or call us at 503-664-4ADD to get your voice and questions on this show. Thank you so much. Also, don't forget, we're over on Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash The ADHD Podcast. This is listener-supported podcasting. For those of you who have... uh, uh, found it in your hearts and wallets to give us a buck or two or five a month to help support this show. We are uh, actively working to uh, grow the show to uh, thanks to your support. So thank you so much for paying it forward and and helping us do even more with the ADHD podcast, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Can I just say something really fast? I don't know. We'll have to, I'll start the timer. (laughs) Okay. Uh, On Thanksgiving, I opened up my email and I saw that somebody had pledged on Thanksgiving and I thought that was really sweet. So thank you. 
I I do. You know, it's a Patreon. I I do. I love it. I love what it stands for. I have to tell you, just personally, I pledge to a number of of projects on Patreon, and it just does my heart good. I get that email every month that says, "Hey, thanks for supporting uh, uh, creators," and it just I am warm inside that I feel like I have done that. So, you know, I hope those who who support us. Uh, or find an, an equal amount of warmth and goodwill when they get well, that we email. We certainly appreciate it. Sure, hope we live yes. up to it. I got. I yeah. opened the email and I smiled. I was like, oh, yeah. even really on Thanksgiving, nice. that's so nice. I know. <laughs> that's right. Uh, okay, so uh, Nikki, can we start with uh, working on developing presentations? Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to start laughing at that, but I, you are deep in, in developing a presentation for a, a, it's a wonderful a webinar, right? organization. Yes. Yes. For Ada. Yes. And we, for Ada, this is, we say this meaning no ill will toward Ada. Absolutely not. This is not their fault. <laughs> presentation development is the energy black hole. How uh, are you doing? I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, you know, I, it, it's one of those things that this project has taken me so much longer than I expected. Um, I know there's many people out there who relate to this. Um, and, uh, it's frustrating, you know, because I, I started, well, I was asked to do the presentation quite a long time ago. I mean, and that's what, this is what I'm saying. This is not Ada's fault. This is definitely my fault for waiting too long <laughs> to, uh, put it together. And it's a presentation that I've never done before. So I had to, um, start from scratch, which, you know, is, is, like you writing a novel, not the yeah. same depth at, by any means. Um, but you are staring at a piece of paper and trying to, you know, figure out what you're going to say to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so anyway, long story short, it's just been a very, um, taxing couple weeks and I have to have a couple of deadlines for you because you're helping me with the presentation itself, um, the slideshow. And I have my designer who's helping me with the handout and I got to make sure to get these into you guys so that that's ready for next week when I do the presentation. So with that being said, um, I did start with an idea and I completely changed my mind. <laughs> Because I was sitting on it. In fact, I texted you and I said, well, here's the title. Here are the things I'm going to talk about. And I actually changed it completely from when I talked to you last because I just wasn't happy with it. And I think that people are going to understand this too. It's like I, I was reading through it and I'm thinking this just isn't right. It's not flowing. It's not, it's just not working. And then, um, you know, next day I started looking at it again and then all of a sudden it just started happening. So, I'm actually at a point where, yes, this is stressful. I'm spending a lot of hours, you know, last minute trying to get it together, but I am really proud of the product. Um, oh, that's so good. And that I'm really good. It's about goal setting. It's about how to um, set effective goals when you have ADHD. It is an it is for ADA. And um, so if you are a member of ADA, you probably have already gotten the email um, that I'm going to be presenting next week. If you're not a member of ADA, I um, highly suggest that you become one. And if you are on my newsletter, you'll get a, a 10% discount to um, join. And I'm going to be sending out a notice here to my newsletter people, um, letting them know about the presentation and letting them know about that discount. So um, I would love, you know, if you're listening to this and, and you're listening to it in kind of real time, um, I'm presenting on Wednesday, December, whatever that is, 6th, I think. I'd love to have you on there because 
you know, I, I have put a lot of blood and sweat and tears in this thing, um, <laughs> yes. but I am proud of it. And, and yeah. I think it's inspiring um, and uh, has some really good information. So yes, that's my, I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there, um, but it's just been a busy Practicing crazy good self-care? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki. Not really. Of all people. I know, but I did stretch before I got on this uh, call here with you. I, I wanted to tell you I was proud of you because you texted me. You said, I'm getting coffee and stretching yes. before we do the show. That's really good. Yes, because I had be- I've been on the computer, you know, since early in the morning because I've had to get up early to, to work yeah. on this. And so um, I'd been sitting for probably two and a half hours straight. And I thought, man, before I let my you know voice be heard in the world, I need to mm-hmm. get some energy. And I'm on my like I'm standing up with my little makeshift desk and excellent. And uh, it's all good. The world is is looking out for you, Nikki Kinzer. <sighs> thank you for getting to it. Thank you. Well, you know, we we probably should have done your segment there uh, after we did this follow up because I have more questions for you related to my topic. But let's let's jump back a little bit okay. and uh, and start uh, with a, a question that came in from Desiree. Yes. Uh, Desiree asked us uh, that I'm realizing there are certain types of jobs that are just not compatible with my ADHD, inattentive type anymore. Is there a way to find out what types of jobs are more fit for people with inattentive type? Uh, thank you. Yeah. So I'll share with you my answer to her because I actually already emailed her with my answer, but I I did say that I was going to bring it up on the show because I wanted to hear your point of view. And I think that, um, whenever a question comes in, you always know that more than one person has that question, right? If it's actually being asked, I'm sure that there's probably several other people who are wondering the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely wanted to share it. And, you know, one of the things that I, the first thing I said here is the good news is that she's actually able to now eliminate what's not working for her. And I think that sometimes we forget that is that we're always looking for, okay, what, what should I be doing? What do I want to do? But, you know, one of the ways to make that choice is to, to remember what doesn't work. So you can just sort of have those things kind of get out of your head. Don't even look in the newspaper, not in the newspaper. I am so old school. (laughs) Don't get onto the computer on the... (laughs) monster.com. I don't even know if that still exists. Um, gosh, I am sh- really showing my age. Wow. Did you? Did, yeah. I mean, are you on the Lycos? Did you do a Lycos search? Uh, what? I don't even know what did that I, is. I, go, I went before you. Oh, my goodness. I need to dial into AOL and send you AOL. A yes. I'm going to IM you in AOL. You got mail. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, going back to her question. Um The next thing that I said is let's do, you know, one of the things I would suggest is having her do an inventory of her strengths and looking at what she's passionate about and how could that apply to different jobs. So I think that's also a really important thing to think about is what am I good at? What do I want to do? And reflect on what she's passionate about. Because really, if you're inattentive or not, um, it doesn't, that part doesn't matter as much as you're always going to enjoy and get more out of your job if you really like what you're doing. And um, I think that's the key. And so, so that's what I shared with her is, you know, look at what you, you know, you don't want, look at your strengths and um, think about what your passions are and what kind of job opportunities that might might hold for you. What are your your thoughts? Well, I actually did a poll of a couple of uh, my ADHD uh, friends and colleagues. Awesome. Yes, And I, I have one in particular who is a case study for this. He is 
amazing and he's done everything and he's loved every bit of it. And so he gave me like seven uh, uh, different jobs that he has worked on or that he has done in his career and shared them with such joy and hmm. and like warmth that I have to pass them on uh, because they seem to to really check all the boxes. The first one is mine, and I've talked about it on the show, and that is in uh, journalism. I consider uh, going into journalism or copy editing or broadcasting uh, because there is, uh, there's definitely a career there, and you will never sit still. Uh, it is absolutely designed for you to, to uh, explore the inattentive you know, uh, traits. Uh, so I really like that one. But then, then starts my buddy. And he says, first and foremost, daycare or childcare or teaching, right? Going into to young kids' education was perfect for his ADHD because most kids are just a little bottle of ADHD. <laughs> and you, you, you're constantly changing gears. You're constantly on your feet. And by the end of the day, you are emotionally and physically exhausted and uh, uh, from running around and taking care of these beautiful little people. And uh, that was just a perfect job for ADHD. So that's number one. Number two, uh, work in a restaurant. Uh, particularly uh, become a cook, a chef, a line cook. Uh, that is another job that you just uh, you'll you know you work up into the the more sort of uh, specialty restaurants, and you'll never sit still. And if you love food, that's a great way. To, he swears by food. Mm, mm -hmm. uh, the emergency and first response. He's yeah. a volunteer firefighter. That makes and, sense. Uh, yeah, and so going into nursing or or you know some sort of emergency first responder, nine one one operator. These are great careers for uh, for people who constantly change gears and can't sit still. And finally, and this is where he is right now. Uh, uh, he finally found uh, the career for him, and that is as a hairstylist. And he went to, uh, I guess it's still called beauty school. I don't know. But he became uh, very, very popular. He dyed his hair pink and grew out a giant fluffy red beard. And just this last month, opened his own studio after working uh, in another studio for many years. And now he has his own place. And he is like the, 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 I don't know what you got. Like, he's just like the godfather in his own place. He's this big guy and he just runs the place and is charismatic and warm and beautiful and always on his feet. And it's just great. So he suggested those specific careers were perfect for his ADHD and still perfect for his ADHD today. If any of those latch on to you, Desiree, I hope uh, you'll consider. That's consider great. That. I love that you have like specific yes. jobs. That's really yes. cool. Yeah. I, that's great. That, you know, I feel like I've never made the list and we've gotten that question before. And so it was great to reach out to some folks and hear, uh, it, you know, it, in this case, particularly someone who uh, absolutely has embraced the ADHD and uh, made it a part of the career. That's awesome. That, yes, absolutely. So. That's great. Well, okay, so and actually, before you move on to the next one, I did have an email come through just like yesterday. I mean, it was really uh, recent. I haven't had a chance to get back to her, but she was, uh, the question was, I think I have ADHD, but I'm not sure. And I don't know what to say to my doctor and I don't know what to do. Any advice kind of along those kind of lines. And I just want to say quickly, because I think that again, when this comes to our attention, it's probably a lot of people are, are maybe listening to us thinking that maybe they have it, but they're not sure. Uh, and we've said this before, but I just want to say it again. If you're, if you are 
curious or you think that this, you know, may be an explanation of, of some of the ways that you think, go to your doctor first. Go to, you can just go to your regular general practitioner first and, and let them know um, what you're experiencing, why you're thinking that this might be it. And they'll take you down the road that they need to, um, to get you test proper testing and, and all of that. So it is a little bit of a process and a journey, um, but I definitely think it's worth it. And, um, you know, chances are you, you know, you have probably a pretty likelihood of, of chance of having it if you really think that you do. Right. I mean, um, so I encourage you if you're listening, you know, to, to do that, but I will also, um, send an email to you personally as well. So. Excellent. All right. So that was number, uh, I don't know. We're still on number one. Number two, uh, we got a, a note from Ashley. I came across this guide for healthier digital habits and thought you might like it. It is a, a place from, or it is a, a resource from homescreenzero.com uh, called Counter Programming, a brain retraining guide for heavy internet users. Uh, Ashley says it puts into words a lot of the things I think people with ADHD struggle with when it comes to technology. Hope all is well. Thank you very much, Ashley. We'll put those in the show notes. Yes. All right. Uh, and then we have uh, we have the the I post love from this name. on Twitter from Julia at Julia likes frogs. I like frogs too, Julia. Oh man, it which makes me want to change my Twitter handle. I know we had <laughs> frogs for a while. Frogs. We had little pet uh, frogs. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so good. Well, uh, Julia likes frogs uh, wrote to us and says at Pete Wright, yay. Also doing a novel for NaNoWriMo 2017 and can't wait to hear about how you handle keeping plot and character and everything in your head. More about ADHD and novel writing, please. Hashtag ADHD, hashtag editing at Take Control ADHD. Thank you so much for writing that, uh, Julia, and uh, congratulations. I hope you were able to finish. I don't think, I don't know. Did you respond? I think I wanted to know if you finished, and I don't think we heard. Uh, So uh, I I hope you were able to finish today, as it is the first. Uh, This means the nano goal of writing a 50,000-word novel in the month of November is over. Uh, To anyone who participated in it, I hope you hit your 50,000 and shot well beyond it. For those who didn't, I hope you are not sitting in shame. That's not what it's about. Uh, because it's a great exercise, a great exercise for your brain, for uh, commitment and habit building. Uh, and um, uh, you know, whether or not you did it, as I, I said before, it, it's I've been doing this for 14 years in some way, shape or another, and I've only completed it now, um, I think, four times. And so congratulations. Um, yes. Yeah, Woo! I did it this year. That's I guess I buried the lead. I did it. I made it. I'm still actively writing. And that is a very exciting thing. It is. Uh, I am so yeah. proud of you, Pete Wright. Thank you. It it was uh, it, it's hard. It's always hard, uh, but it was easier this year as a result. I think of a few of the things I want to talk about, and and I should say I've so I've got four now. Well, three and an unfinished. Well, I should say two and an unfinished novels um, that are uh, you know that I've never published. They're just sitting there because I've never uh, you know I I've had in the past such a difficult time making it to uh, to the next stage. That's not a problem I'm having right now. You know I think you know experience does what it does, and I'm feeling more confident and stronger and better about the story this year. And and uh, and, and so I'm, I'm I feel like I'm on the right track to have this thing published and in you know Kindle and iBook stores. I'm I you know by end of first quarter next year. And that's my goal. That's my target. And I'm going to keep working at that. Uh, and so I thought we would just in a matter of response to Julia likes frogs. And talk a little bit about the, not the only her, project. but I have a client too, who's very interested in your story. So um, there's a lot yeah. of writers out there. I think there are. 
I got a number of, of uh, posts on Facebook and, and emails, uh, you know, from the site of, of people asking for more. more talk about novel writing and, and ADHD and, and just novel writing in general. And, uh, you know, I would love to say that I am a, a, you know, successful published author. I, I don't, I, I'm not, and I don't know that that's where I'm going, but I do love to write. I love to write my own stuff. I love to ghostwrite for other people. I've got a couple of books that are, are in the uh, various bookstores that are not under my name. And so this is fun to to do something fiction that is under my name potentially. And so I well, look forward to kind of building that library. But Can I just say it, something? Yeah. Um, you have written so much of my material <laughs> and, uh, and, and anytime I get stuck, I always ask, you know, Pete, like not even, I mean, I just say, this is what I want to say. And can you like make it better? <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. uh, you do have a way with words and there uh, are certain times I, I, I won't, you know, I, that, that I could point out, but I'm not going to, um, because there's so many of them of you'll say something and I'm just like, Oh, wow. Oh, it's, it's just so Nikki. good. So you're well, a very, very good writer and I can't wait to read what you have. So I, yeah. I think it's, it's very exciting and you don't, yeah, you, you, this is, this is good. Good for you. Well, I deeply appreciate that, Nikki. I really do. And I, like I said, I mean, I love to do it, but it's, it has been so hard uh, to kind of embrace the things that made it such a challenge in the past. You know, I never really realized that that's okay. It's okay to embrace the the ADHD challenges and not just sit there and fight with them. Mm, and that's what amen. I've done years past. And so I really, I mean, in large part, thanks to to this show and the habit of talking about these challenges, has it become easier to sit down and actually get it done. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. The other thing is, you know, you do it a number of times now that I've got, I, going into this, had a couple under my belt, um, 50,000 words is, you know, it starts to not feel that big. And, you know, the first year I did it, 50,000 words was a disaster. Mm -hmm. And suddenly it's, it's just not a a disaster anymore. And now, you know, the goal of the book that I'm writing now is roughly 85,000. Like that's kind of where I'm sitting right now, like where that that's where I feel like the story will naturally kind of, you know, solve itself resolve itself. So it, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the way kind of your brain adjusts to scale mm-hmm. and adapts to, to the sense of, of scale. It's, it's no longer doom. It is now something that's achievable, just the act of doing it a few times. And so embrace that. The, the first thing I, I, that, that struck me when I thought, I, how do I want to talk about this is, is to talk about the commitment, right? The commitment that comes with taking on a project like this. And this is not just about writing a novel. It's about taking on anything, any big creative product uh, project that you feel like you're, it's going to take you, uh, uh, you know, longer than a few days to complete, right? You have to be aware of the time. You have to be aware of the fact that you're going to need to build a habit or a system in your day, every day to do this. You're going to have to be aware of the environment that you set up for yourself. And you're going to have to find a way to become accountable to consistency, accountable to doing it every day, whether it's at the same time every day or just an alarm that says, do this at random because that's the way it works. Like today, I'm going to do it at two. Yesterday, I did it at eight. Tomorrow, I'm going to do it at midnight, right? You, but you have to do it every day. And that's those those are the things that sort of come to, uh, that, that are really hard when you're kind of fighting your brain, either inattentive or you know hyperactive. You either can't sit still or you can't pay attention long enough. Your brain can't sit still long enough to actually get this thing done. And so that's that's really hard to do. And it's okay for it to be hard. 
Um, and so here, uh, here's kind of how I, I approached it in terms of the process. Uh, first, I, I just wrote, and I wrote what we call either exploratory or sort of discovery writing, uh, which is just to sit down and, and start something. I had no plan. I had no idea for a character. I knew I wanted to write a protagonist that was a female. Uh, I wanted to write it with a target for my, uh, you know, target audience was my, you know, middle teenage daughter, middle, middle-aged, middle teenaged. I only have one daughter <laughs> and she's in the middle of her teens. <laughs> Yes, it was my target audience, and uh, and so I knew I wanted to write something that was that was young adult as sort of a gift for her, right? Uh-huh. That, that's all I knew of, about the process, and I knew that I knew what I wanted to do, and it was a funny thing. I wrote probably the first fifteen hundred words in a bit of a sprint, and it was a story of a young girl with her. It starts with her head on her father's lap, lying in a park, and she's dreaming of flying, and um, so I, I write this passage and. Uh, I named her Alia. And Alia, as it turns out, and I found this out later, uh, you know, in Persian uh, means uh, wind. Oh. And and I thought that was a really sweet little bit of kismet, you know, wow. like it's a, it's a connection to this character that I didn't, I didn't see coming. It was totally unplanned. It's just a sound that I thought was really uh, beautiful. And so, oh, um, so she became one of the sort of lead protagonists in the book. And then it it just sort of starts to to flow. So I my goal was to write two thousand words a day, and at you know two hundred fifty words per page is about eight pages a day. Uh, but I I didn't focus on pages. I focused strictly on words because you know it's the era of eBooks and eBooks change depending on you know the size of yeah. uh, you know size of the page. And so I really was focused on just hitting that two thousand word target. If I could blow past it on a given day, that'd be great. Uh, but at two thousand words a day, if I missed that several days running, sixteen hundred and sixty seven words is the minimum each day to be able to meet fifty thousand words by the end of the month. So. I figured if I shoot for 2000 and then only hit 1667 on a given day, I'm still okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really kind of tried to train my brain to do that. But then I ran into this, uh, into this wall, which is it was really hard to find the time to sit long enough to write you know, 2000 words a day. It was, well, I was going to ask you, I mean, I'm sure it varied on day to day, but I mean, like how, on average, how much time were you putting into it? I mean, that's two, two to two and a half hours. And so I was roughly, yeah, I mean, I was about a thousand words an an hour is, it was my pace and I got, it got much faster toward the end, but it was really slow in the beginning. And so I had to, you know, I knew it was, and I know writing a novel is hard for everybody, but I knew the ADHD was making it much more difficult to sit still. And so I, you know, and I, I read this article, um, just recently about romance novelists, right? Romance novelists are a special breed of <laughs> hustler. I mean, those people are amazing. I, I am, you know, whatever you think of the, of the work, and I'm not a frequent reader of, of romance <laughs> <You're> novels, <not? laughs> but my goodness, Nikki, I mean, those people turn out like I, this article says, uh, you know, averaging 2,500 words an hour wow. every single day, publishing, you know, 15 to 20 books a year. Uh, is it's just a stunning accomplishment to turn out that kind of storytelling with that frequency. And so I, I aspire to be that prolific and to be able to focus that long in, in those kinds of sprints. That's a special kind of gift and mental acuity that, that I struggle with. Um, 
So I, I went ahead and I embraced the wonkiness of my schedule and the wonkiness of my attention. And I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to stop trying to accomplish, you know, 2000 word, two hour sprints on a given day. And instead, I'm going to focus on how much can I write in 15 minutes in mm-hmm. between meetings? How much can I write in, you know, a, a half hour here, a, an hour there and write multiple times throughout the day? And writing became, uh, over the course of the month, it became a real sort of gift of my day. I found myself really looking forward to writing breaks because they were giving me a, a break from work. They were giving me a break from phone calls and emails. And, uh, and I made sure I shut the door. I, uh, you know, turned the lights just right. I, absolutely had my uh, my headphones i have these uh, the beats wireless headphones that i i put on and sometimes i didn't play anything through them but other times i would always play and i'll put links to this uh to the apple music pure focus playlist it's a seven hour playlist of all music that doesn't have lyrics and it's all like it goes from like super lilting and beautiful to super kind of dramatic and it's like the perfect writing score you know mm-hmm. it's, i found the writing pace matches the, if you could actually read the book with the apple music pure focus playlist and you'll feel it like it, it'll the the energy and pace matches the playlist it's really cool and apple changes it every week and so there there's constantly new stuff in it but 7 hours long you never run out of material and the other is trent reznor and atticus ross they they write the scores to movies like the social network and after the flood and mm. Gone Girl and, you know, anyway, it's great, great music. And so I definitely recommend that sort of that kind of music is perfect for writing. And so that's I I did that. I just sort of shut out the world and then do a sprint. And a, a sprint is just here's the timer turning it on, how many words can I hit? Next time I do it, can I hit one more word than that? Just one. Mm-hmm. If it stops me in the middle of a sentence, I stop in the middle of a sentence. And so uh, that's that's how I just sort of churn out words, right? And that was a first step. And I think a lot of people, and I, me in the past too, would really struggle with this idea of editing in process. And, and oh, I think that yes. might work for some people. But you you know you write a paragraph and then you stop and read it and and think about it and try to make notes and connections. And and I did not do that at all this time. I just wrote the story that felt like whatever came next came next and um and and the editing starts started starts only after the draft is that first draft is done uh, and you know to make sure that i you know go back and essentially rewrite the book and accounting now for plot holes and character holes and story holes and timing holes are lots of i know that you know one of the challenges that i had was you know my one of my major mentor characters who knows how old he is at this point because I have changed his his story multiple times throughout the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. He starts out, he's 30, but suddenly I've put he's him in a 90. place where he's, <laughs> he has a flashback that was 20 years ago. And so now he's got to be closer to 50, you know? Yeah. And, and so um, there, it's those kinds of things I really feel like got in my way before. They really stopped me from getting the words on the page um, and... Uh, and so I, I, I feel like I treated this more like a dream. Embrace short, embrace short chapters. Like I, I really focused on short chapters and only after that first sort of churning draft did I go back and, and you know, merge chapters together and, and try to kind of play with the story and massage the story into place a little bit like that. Um, so I embrace short chapters, short writing sessions and, uh, and, and fight self-editing in the process. And that's what helped me kind of get the words on the page. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I also, I, you know, I love field notes. And so I keep my little field notes uh, journal right by the, the computer or right by the iPad, depending on where I'm writing. And if there are notes about characters, character name spellings, anything like that, I always just write it by hand in the field notes. Uh, and I flip through the pages to kind of catch myself up on, you know, potential plot errors that I can take care of while I'm writing, you know, and, and that's, that was very helpful. I, I, they're just sketches, um, you know, hardly readable. Uh, but um, th- that is, you know, specifically to Julia's question, you know, how do you keep plot, character, everything in your head, right? I, you know, I make little bullet notes uh, in, in my fields note, field notes notebook to keep me going. But I also, you know, largely try not to keep too much in my head at once, like really focusing on the scene I'm writing right now. Um, and, and I'll fill in the blanks, fill in any holes, correct it all later. I imagine, you know, I'll end up writing 100,000 words and, you know, knock it down to 65 by the time the thing is, is completely finished. Who knows? Um, so, um, mm-hmm. and, and finally, the, the fear, you know, I, there's just a lot of fear. Every time I sit down and write, it's, it's, uh, there's this paralyzing sense of what if, you know, I've never shared a long form you know, fiction piece with anyone else. And uh, what if it's a bunch of crap? You know, mm-hmm. what if it's, what if it is just, you know, paving the road to Simpleville? You know, I don't, what if it's terrible? Who, I don't know. And so I, it, that's the probably the thing to fight more than, you know, more than any of this other stuff is just getting over the fact that, that it's terrifying to apply pen to page, metaphorically speaking. Um, luckily, well, in this case, I was just going to say, and that's where all of the courage comes in too. I think when you're ready to to press send to to have yeah. it published, um, I mean, it, it is a very courageous thing to do to get past that fear, you know, and be yeah. able to embrace whatever the outcome is because we don't know what it's going to be. My guess is it's going to be great, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I think that fear is very legitimate for a lot of creators, for a lot of artists too. I, I hear that sometimes. I work with a, a painter for a while. And, uh, I remember he had such a hard time deciding when a, when a, uh, picture was actually finished. Oh yeah. Cause it never felt finished. Yeah. Um, right. but you know, kudos to you because you're no. 80% there. I mean, yeah, it feels like it. Yeah. And you know, it, one of the things, you know, we talk about all the time an accountability partner and it, yeah. in, in writing a novel, it's not the kind of, I, I was never comfortable sitting with somebody like next to me. Right. Um, it, it's, it's a terribly isolating kind of an event. Even if I go to a different environment fairly often, you know, I go to over Starbucks, I go over to insomnia, I'd go to different coffee shops and write for a few hours here and there. But, but generally it's a, it's a thing that you do alone in your own head. And, um, but, but I still think the role of an accountability partner, can't, I can't underscore how important it is, um, you know, in this case, because Sophie, my daughter, was my kind of avatar audience member after I got through about the first six chapters. You know, I, I mentioned in another podcast, I was writing in Ulysses, the uh, writing app for the Mac and, and iOS, and it makes it super easy to just say, hey, take these chapters and export them as an EPUB and attach it to an email and send it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, as an aside, um, you know, one of the suggestions that NaNoWriMo sent and, you know, they send their little encouraging emails every couple of days. And one of them said, hey, you know, if you're struggling, uh, take a break, go into your, you know, photo editing app and create a a title page or a cover page for your book. Hmm. 
So I did that. I went over to Unsplash and I found a beautiful image that totally represents my uh, my book and my character. And I created a title page with my name on it and the title of the book on it. And I attached that to the EPUB. So now I send that to my daughter and she opens it in email and opens right up into iBooks and she starts reading it. And she, she just went berserk. She loved it. She absolutely loved well, it. Well, and, and that so, has to be such a cool thing too, to actually yeah. see it as a book. Yeah. Right? It's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's neat. That was a huge bit of kind of a huge dose of empowerment, you know, of just being able to stop and, and reflect on this thing that you can, you have the power to create from, from vapor, this thing that people can read and enjoy. And so she became like every couple of chapters, I just export a new copy of the book and she would bust through the, you know, first part for any edits and then just really read closely. Uh, it was to the point where she would come into my room, uh, at, you know, in the pitch dark at night, we're sound asleep. And she would tap my shoulder and say, I need to talk to you about your book. Mm-hmm. I just finished the latest version. I said, it's like midnight. She said, I know, but I found two typos <laughs> and I really love it. So oh, where's the next her. chapter? Right. Uh, it, it was really delightful. And so um, I'm, fantastic. I'm that part I found really motivating. And that helps me that that accountability partner piece, like having that avatar, that person who can actually stop and say, hey, um, you know, I know you you clearly have fallen in love with this character. But, you know, in chapter three, your main character was still this person. And now you have changed. And I miss that other person. Please come back to that. Like that helps me kind of find balance in the narrative. And so in this long form project, having somebody who can sit and, and talk to me about what was important to them, um, you know, really helps me refine what's important to me and how am I going to to frame the story uh, you know, am I still am I still telling the story that I intended to tell? Uh, so- well, and you bring up a good point because I mean, just about editing in general. I mean, that's why we have editors uh, to look at the story after the fact. Like, I mean, I know you're editing and filling in the gaps, but at some point you're going to have an editor read it. I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. And it's like that's that's what they see because you're so close to it that they'll they'll also be able to tell you like, okay, well, this person was actually really interesting and they left. Like, where can they come back in? And I mean, there's just that that whole process is so intriguing. And I think it's awesome that your daughter has already picked up on it. Um, at 15 yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, that's that yeah. she might have a little talent. You know, you might have a little writer in her too. <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, don't tell her that, uh, because she, you know, she was doing this little exercise the other night where it they were, they have to write this, this sort of a, uh, it, it's an in, in it's, I can't even remember what the assignment was, but she had to fill in these blanks. Like I, I, I dream, I worry, I, um, you know, I, it's, it's all, it's a literary, it's a literary exercise in her, in her fiction class. And uh, one of the prompts was I, I cry and she filled in the blank. I cry when I think about writing. So, mm. uh, you know, okay, maybe she's, not. she's definitely, <laughs> you know, she is a, an exceptional little scientist. You talked to her about chemistry and physics and, <laughs> and she's all uh, over geology. That. She's about to go to Iceland and, and <laughs> do this uh, like geology trip. And so, yeah, yeah, that's where she is writing it all down. That becomes a different issue yeah. altogether. <laughs> 
Well, I think it's great. Thank you so much for sharing your story and uh, keep us updated because this obviously struck a chord for a lot of people because there was definitely more than one or two people that that asked questions about it and wanted to hear more. And I think what's great too is that you can listen to what Pete is saying and be able to transfer that into any kind of project that you're working on. It doesn't have to be writing a novel. I mean, just the way you talked about the environment and breaking it down and accepting you know, your wonkiness. I love that word. Um, you know, I, there's just so many great pieces to this and, uh, congratulations. I just, I'm so proud of you and, and, um, you got a lot of support behind you. That, that means a a great deal. And, and, you know, thanks for patience, everybody. I know I've been slow to respond to emails and prompts and things. You've been writing. Tweets, but my head's been down a little bit. That, you know, the nice thing about it is I, I, speaking of that accountability part, not, not just my daughter who reads the thing, but my wife and, and the whole family who is, you know, when I say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to leave the house and go right. They are, their first step is, Hey, can you change the laundry or fold the laundry first? Or, Hey, can you, while you're out, can you do something else? They, they always say, you know, good luck, head down, don't think about anything else, right? They, they just embrace the fact that they know how hard it is. Yeah. And, and being able to create that space has, has been a real gift. And I know that's not something that everybody has the benefit of. And so I'm, you know, I, I, I don't mean to say that as if, you know, just find a supportive family, right? Because I know it's hard. And I feel really deeply lucky that, that, um, you know, I had such a supportive family and client base. <laughs> to, yeah, and, to be patient with me. Yes. And, but, you know, with that being said, yeah. too, I think that there are a lot of ways to get that support. So maybe mm-hmm. if it's not from your immediate family, there's so many. Like, I have one client who's a novelist and she has a writing group that she meets with yeah. every Wednesday. And, right. and they're not family. I mean, they're just all in the same boat trying to write. And I have another client. I think a lot of this writing, I think, is a, might be a good profession going back to the very first uh question that we had because i have another client who's a writer and uh her accountability is she takes classes at the local community college almost every term she has a a writing class that she takes and um Mm. and writes different stories and like that i mean right there that's her with her people writing and they love it and they critique each other. And I mean, so there's a lot of different ways I think to, to find that. Thank you, everybody. I will, uh, you know, well, I, hopefully the next time we talk about uh, novel writing will be when it's published and <laughs> right. we can talk about that process. But next week, are we going to talk about email? Yeah, I think let's jump into email. <laughs> Some things have changed about email. And uh, and so we'll talk a little bit about uh, email and apps and, yeah. and learning and artificial intelligence and all kinds of fun stuff that's going on with your email behind the scenes. And maybe we'll hopefully make you a smarter email user. That would be great. So that will be next week. And then the week after is going to be our last show for the year um, Mm. for 2017. So we have two more new shows coming up and then we'll be back in January. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but just wanted to give people the heads up that we're going to be taking a little bit of time off around the holidays. Sounds great. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Nikki. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. 